Thanks for listening to The Issue Podcast. Be sure to follow our Instagram at the underscore issue podcast and our Twitter at the issue podcast. Catch us Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yo, we are back. It is Wednesday, July 29th, and we have a good episode for you today. I am alone by myself again in the studio, but we have Tim on the phone. Tim, can you hear me, man? I can hear you, man. Uh, I'm excited to be, you know, at least able to do it on the phone. Um, you know, best circumstance possible. <laughs> yeah. Um, but excited to, excited to talk about sports today. Yeah, man. How's North Car- How's North Carolina going? Still great, you know. Um, definitely no complaints down here. Anytime you're at the beach, in the sun, and in the fun, it's always a good time. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I know you had a story you wanted to get to first, so take it away, man. Yeah, um, you know, the, the uh, NFL World Top 100 is coming out. Um, it's voted on by players and coaches and, and, uh, and such. And, you know, it just it just puzzles me every year. There's always, you know, well, there's always about 50 people I don't agree with where they're at, but there's always um, about five to ten people that um, are just clearly so, you know, misplaced, either left off or too low, too high, this, that. Um, and my, my, my idol, um, Colin Coward, talks about it, but I do want to touch on it more and provide even more um, not only statistical analysis, but um, just comparison with how I don't understand how they could leave Carson Wentz off of that list. Um, like I said, my my little Colin Coward um, talked about it, but I want to get more in depth on it. So, just generally speaking, um, in life, we usually reward any sort of production. If it, if the production's at a young age, it's even more rewarded just because they're so young and so developed. Like Patrick Mahomes, I know that he was great in his second year, but his rookie year, he was terrible. Well, not terrible. We only played one game. And even the year after this past year, he was average. I know he won the Super Bowl. I know he led his team very well. But statistically, he was a very average quarterback. But you know what he ended up getting? Being the highest paid player ever. So, it's clear that rewarding talent at a young age is obviously something that we see a lot. And you want to know what he got, um, why he got signed? Because he's so young. He's so young. He's so good. But in reality, in reality and statistically, he wasn't much better than Russell Wilson, who's making so much less. Yeah. And so with that being said, how, how can we as fans, analysts, and players vote Carson Wentz out of the top 100 but you could put Dak Prescott, Kirk Cousins, Aaron Rodgers, and Tom Brady at 42, and Drew Brees at 41 in the top 100. Dak Prescott couldn't earn a win against Carson Wentz when he came to the playoffs. All Dak Prescott needed to do was beat Carson Wentz with superior weapons, a superior defense, and Maybe not as good of coaching, but the weapons were so much better. And he couldn't he couldn't even beat Carson Wentz in that. How can you possibly sit here and tell me that that Dak Prescott should be 
field him, or even even Tom Brady. I love Tom Brady. I respect him. I think he's the greatest quarterback to ever do it. But Tom Brady was roughly at 4,000 yards, 61% completion, 88 pass rating, 24 touchdowns, 8 touchdowns, or 8 interceptions. Carson Wentz was at roughly 4,000 yards, 64 completion percentage, 3 ticks higher than Brady, 93 passer rating, which is 5 ticks better than Brady, 27 touchdowns, that's 3 touchdowns better, and 7 interceptions, that's 1 interception less than Tom Brady. But Tom Brady is 14, and Carson Wentz can't even crack the top 100? Are you, are you, are you serious? Now, if you want to argue that Brady's better just because of his leadership and his experience, I'm here for that argument. But to say that he is, at minimum, 86 players better than Carson Wentz, you would have to be out of your actual mind. And let's also remember that it's not like Brady had those stats and then let his team do the, the Super Bowl or anything. Brady and Wentz got bounced in the first round of the playoffs both, both of them. Both of them got bounced in the wild card round. So it's not like you could use that as an excuse for Tom Brady. And even Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers at 16. They drafted a quarterback in the first round for a reason, people. I'm not going to bring up the stats. Google them. Google Aaron Rodgers' stats for the last four years and watch legitimately every single stat category decline. Just literally Google it. If you're if you're listening, please please right now pause the podcast, go Google it, and go look at Aaron Rodgers' stats, and go look at his team in general. I know they did well last year. Look at him with Mike McCarthy, and then even look at his stats this past year. The guy has declined. And if you want to look, so Rodgers, four thousand yards, roughly. I'm rounding here, people. Sixty-two percent completion percentage, twenty-six touchdowns, four interceptions. 95 pass rating. So yes, Rodgers has three of the five major categories, but does that mean that Rodgers is 84 players better than Carson Wentz? So they're roughly about the same person. They're about 50-50 stat-wise. But you're going to tell me that Wentz isn't even a top 100 player while Rodgers is 16 at 36 years old? That just doesn't make any sense to me. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, no, you'd, you'd have to be out of your mind. No I mean, especially you're looking at, like you said, Wentz and Aaron Rodgers, very similar in, in the stats, like you said. And Wentz is so much younger. That's what I'm saying. Wentz has like, the advantage. He has not only age. He has so many more years left in the league, and people rip on him that. Because the because Philadelphia won the Super Bowl without him, that's that's supposed supposedly one of the reasons. But that doesn't take it, away that doesn't take away his stopped. ability. Yeah, it felt like Carson Wentz can control the fact that he got hurt. People have to stop holding that against him. Yeah. Oh, so if he goes out there and gets hurt, and Nick Foles ends up being able to do nothing, are people going to hold that against him? No. If he gets hurt, everything else that happens is out of his control. Yeah. If you look at the actual skill of Carson Wentz, has anyone actually seen him throw the football? He's insane. The ball jumps out of his hand. I mean, look. So, his stats, X 
excluding his rookie year, 81 touchdowns, 20 interceptions. Are you kidding? 81 touchdowns, 21 interceptions. But you're going to put Dak Prescott at 46? So, so let's, let's get a little reminder here. Carson Wentz. So people are gonna people are gonna rip Wentz, even though Dak is forty six. But Wentz absolutely ripped Dak and the and the and the um the Cowboys into shreds, into shreds in that in that what was it week sixteen? Mm-hmm. All Dak needed to do was beat Carson Wentz to get to the playoffs. Carson Wentz instead throwing to absolute pillows and blankets, <laughs> throwing to Greg Ward. His number one weapon was Greg Ward. Does anyone, anyone, you know, a little mini trivia question here? Greg Ward, what, what position was he in uh, in college? He was a quarterback. <laughs> Carson was his number one weapon. He was a quarterback three years ago. <laughs> he was a scouting wide receiver during the, the the previous like thirteen weeks, and a quarterback in college. Dak couldn't even score a touchdown. With a top five offensive line, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, Ezekiel Elliott, Jason Witten, although Jason Witten isn't a you know, top-tier um, tight end like he used to be. He's still an above-average tight end. If you ask anyone with a brain, anyone, if you say, hey, who, who would you guys rather start a franchise with? If you're telling me that you would rather start a franchise with Dak Prescott or at this point in, in their career, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, even Drew Brees, over Carson Wentz, you have to be out of your mind. The people that the people that voted or made this list, someone, there's got to be some sort of cowboy fan <laughs> out there that that has a that has a um, an all empowering say over this list because it's absolutely mm-hmm. blasphemous that you would have Carson Wentz off this list with Dak Prescott at forty six. Yeah, clearly, clearly the business people at the top of the league. Or at the top of the, you know, don't think that that that's legit because Carson Wentz, you know who's getting paid right now? Carson Wentz. You know who's on a franchise tag because they don't understand the hype around Dak Prescott? Dak Prescott. Yeah. He's on the franchise tag because his own owner and his own head coach don't even trust to give him a long-term deal. Yep. There's a reason that Dak Prescott doesn't have a deal. There's a reason that Carson Wentz does have a deal. And you're going to put Dak Prescott at 46 mm-hmm. without Carson Wentz even being on the list? Yeah, it's, it's absolutely crazy. I mean, it, it's, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And I, I talked earlier, um, it was actually when I was in Florida the, uh, two weeks ago. Yes, Dak Prescott had great bats last year, but can, can we actually dive a little deeper here? Against playoff teams, Dak Prescott was eight touchdowns. Eight interceptions. He was nothing. Mm-hmm. That Prescott was nothing against playoff teams. They, they, people overhype his stats like crazy. Yeah, he beat up on the Dolphins. Yeah, he beat up on the, the Redskins. Yeah, he beat up on the Giants. But what are you doing against playoff teams? He was eight touchdowns, eight, eight interceptions. Um, I think his percentage was right around 60. And I think his pass rating was under 90. Yeah, it's just it's just unbelievable that you would that anyone um, keep Carson Wentz off this list. Um, I, I think they 
they should just need to change something because something is, is out of whack here. Um, Carson Wentz is a, when healthy, is a top three quarterback. Yes, I said top three. And if you think right now who the top three quarterbacks are last year, Mahomes, Wilson, Jackson, I think he's better than Lamar Jackson. I don't even think it's close. I don't even think it's even remotely close. Lamar Jackson has a top offensive line, a top running game, a top three defense. No wonder his team went, what, 12-4, and 13-3. Clearly, you're going to say Lamar Jackson is, quote-unquote, more valuable. That is completely false. Carson Wentz went healthy in head and shoulders above Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson team is throw the football. Seriously, can we all wise up here? Lamar Jackson's a running back. Get out of here if you think he is a great thrower of the football. Carson Wentz is way more talented and is a way better quarterback. Yeah, I would I would agree with that, but I would say that Lamar Jackson is I'd put him top five in the league. Top five quarterback? Absolutely. Even I would put him i put him top five player um, this past year, at least. I would say going forward, give me Carson Wentz 100% of the time. Yeah. I, I, I would give Jackson top five quarterback 100%. Absolutely. Um, my actual, my, my top five is Mahomes one. Um, Russell Wilson is a, is a very, very close second. In my opinion, people underrated him. He really is the only, I've talked about him numerous times. Um, Truly, really the only person on the Seahawks of any work. Yeah. Um, and Metcalf. That's about it. Yeah, boy, yeah. And Metcalf. Um, so, yeah, Mahomes won. Wilson, too. Get to be, uh, we'll get to the top five in another show. I definitely want to do a top five quarterback at some point. Yeah. Um, but I'll, I'll put Jackson in that. But I think Wilson's well, a way better quarterback. And I don't even think it's even close. Yeah, well, we were talking about, just to kind of tangent off for a second, just to get our listeners' attention here, um, we were thinking of giving you guys a bonus episode this coming Saturday, um, and maybe maybe we make that an episode about our, we both do our top five lit, our top five quarterbacks, and we both, uh, you know, get yeah. some reasons why, and do a little uh, quarterback Saturday action. Yeah, maybe, that sounds like a good plan to me. And uh, what you were saying about the the Dallas fans and, and maybe somebody that was a Dallas fan making this top 100 list, I'm still waiting for these nasty comments to roll in on Instagram from Dallas fans. <laughs> yeah, me too. That eight and eight prediction. Oof, we're gonna have some. We're gonna have some uh, some comments to weed through uh, when we're picking oh, stuff to read. Angry, angry Cowboy fans for sure. You have? Uh, do you have more on this? Uh, Carson Wentz? No, yeah. I think, I think you, what you said you had to uh, wanted to get to some uh, story that you found. Yeah, yeah. So I wanted to get to and cover um, the Astros and the Dodgers. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That, that, uh, the MLB. Yeah, I think, I think you know, if you're a baseball fan, you've seen it and heard about it at least. But if you haven't, Joe Kelly pitching for the Dodgers, right? And obviously Astros, the whole cheating scandal last year. Um or that came up this off season. Um, starts yeah, off. Yeah, they uh, you know got caught. Yeah, starts off here. Um, Joe Kelly with a three zero pitch over the head of Alex Bregman. Um, yep. Yeah, I saw that. Tempers tempers started flying there a little bit, but then Joe Kelly gets his foot stepped on on first base on when he's covering the bag on a on a ball yeah, that was. Yeah, that was definitely something that something that a lot of these stories aren't. Um, 
are talking about. Yeah. I think it's a big part. Um, I was listening to the announce or the guy that was talking about it. It might've been on MLB.com, but he goes, he, he was talking about Joe Kelly getting his foot stepped on. And he said that Joe Kelly appears to be upset with his foot being stepped on and appears to be a, a little flustered by it. And he didn't know why. Come on, man. You know, that was like, yeah. Yeah. So he gets his foot stepped on and then, Next at bat, he throws a curveball over uh, Correa's head. Um, yeah. And then Correa strikes out on a just na- absolutely nasty breaking ball. Just, oh. Oh, filthy. it was disgusting. And he then Yeah. And so he strikes, he strikes out Correa with a nasty breaking ball. And then on his way off the mound, he, um, Joe Kelly and, and Correa start to argue a little bit. Uh, and this caused the benches to clear. Um, yeah, there was a, there are some words said between the two, um, and uh, the MLB has determined that Joe Kelly was taunting Correa. Um, so the outcome of all of this, Joe Kelly suspended for eight games, um, and he plans on appealing. Uh, the managers will face a discipline. And Roberts was suspended, uh, uh, manager of the Dodgers, suspended for one game, which he will serve tonight. Um, I, I don't know if you remember, but Joe Kelly was, uh, he was previously suspended earlier in his career for throwing at batters. Um, and the Astros manager, Dusty Baker, received a fine. And the two clubs will play again tonight. So that's what happened. Here's my thought. Do I think Joe Kelly should be suspended for eight games? I do not. And here's why. Absolutely not. He was competing. Okay. You have to understand the scenario here. You're going up against the Astros who have some um, a negative connotation coming into this game in the first place. Oh, absolutely. And and if you actually look at it, the kind of side note, sorry to interrupt you, but um, if you actually look at it, not only did the Dodgers lose to the Astros in the World Series, mm-hmm. But the year before, Joe Kelly was a pitcher on the Red Sox who lost to the Astros in the NLDS. Yep. It's not like Joe Kelly is separated from this situation. No, there's bad blood to begin with, and it only got worse. Um, So I don't think he should be suspended for eight games. He was competing. It's baseball. Listen, the curveball that went over Correa's head that he got upset over the count was close, okay? And it's a curveball. If you're going to try to throw at somebody, you're not going to try to throw at them with a curveball. You're going to go fastball. Okay, do I think he was throwing at Alex Bregman? It's anyone's guess. It was a 3-0, it was a 3-0 count. And it was a fastball at the, at the head of Alex Bregman. Could that one have been intentional? Eh, maybe. I don't really see it as intentional. But he got his foot stepped on. And if you don't expect him to... To, to have that competitive greatness to at least talk a little bit of something coming off the mound after that, after that absolutely yeah. huge strikeout in a big situation, then I don't know what kind of sport you want to watch. I don't know what kind of sport. If you want to watch underwater basket weaving because there's no tension, go ahead and watch it. Because Yeah, if you want to go watch I-9 flag football, yeah. please be my guest. Yeah. If you want to go watch ball where they don't throw at anyone and where everyone is everyone's friend and every every hit is a base hit. <clears throat> by all means, go ahead. Yeah. But if you think that Joe Kelly is just going to stand here and be 
and be ridiculed and be mocked and be taken advantage of, then get out. So stop watching. Yeah. Well, I'm definitely watching this game that's on tonight. It's the Astros and the Dodgers part two. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. And that just about does it for the first segment. Uh, we will be back with the second segment. We got a little bit of Tim's trivia coming up for you after the news. And uh, I'm going to actually do well, I think. I think I might do well. He got a little bit of the beach, Matt. He's a little confident. He just came out of the water. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Catch us second segment. Not going to want to miss guys. Yo, we're back for the second segment, and we are going to start off with some news. Tim, do we got you back, man? Yep, we are. Uh, I'm here. I'm here for us. Um, can we just do uh, get some news and, and the trivia? I'm ready to beat you in, uh, in trivia. All right. Well, we will see on that. Acting extra confident today, maybe because you're not within reaching distance of me. But... Um, <laughs> All right, so we're going to start off. Um, I know you had uh, a couple news stories you wanted to get to. Yeah, I mean, I, I see a lot of people making a big deal about Damian Williams opting out. I know he was the Chiefs' leading rusher last year, played a big role in the Super Bowl. Yeah. But I think we should all just, you know, calm down. Um, I'm, like I said, in the uh, first segment of Bubba, one of my idols, um, Coward, um, Colin Coward. I also want to talk about another one of my idols, Doug Gottlieb. He does a uh, – he does a bit of a, a segment on his podcast. Uh, I think it's, it's big deal, little deal, or no deal. Um, and uh, I think this is would be classified under under no deal. I think let's 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 just dive a little deeper here. So the Chiefs they drafted a first round running back for a reason. People, are we are we forgetting that they drafted Claude Edwards Hilaire with their first pick? They could have easily taken. Uh, another tackle, another guard, another center, any any offensive lineman to protect our arguably the most talented player we've seen in the last 30 years. Yeah. That would have been a viable pick. They could have easily done uh, – went out and taken another receiver to go on the other side of Tyree Kill to compliment him and Sammy Watkins and meet Cole Hartman. That would have been a totally viable pick. We could have seen them go on the defensive side and say, hey, you know what? Paddle scores points. Maybe we should get a playmaker to help him out on the other side. With, along with Tyron Matthew, Chris Jones, etc. But instead, you know what they did? They said, hmm, our leading rusher had just under 500 yards on 111 carries. Hmm, so for a whole season, our leading rusher wasn't even half of what we measure a good running back as. Usually you say, oh, good running back is a 1,000-yard season. That's the measure. Um of a, of a good season for running back. Mm-hmm. And let's see, Williams had oh, oh, under half of that. Under half. Yeah. Let's let's look at the team. He's barely even a top ten player on the team. So I can name I can name a large amount of more valuable players. So obviously Patrick Mahomes, Mitchell Schwartz, Tyree Kill is three, Chris Jones four, Tyron Matthew is, is five, Travis Kelsey. Six, Sammy Watkins, seven, Frank Clark, eight. So we have eight people. And I can argue for Daniel Sorensen, who's an incredible leader on the back end um, of their secondary. Great safety. He's been on the team for, I think, about seven, eight years now. Incredible leader and uh, 
not only does he lead off the field, he's an on-the-field leader. He communicates and uh, et cetera, et cetera. So I could argue that that Damian Williams is the 10th most important player on his team alone. Mm-hmm. So let's just let's just take a deep breath here. It's not all that big of a deal that he opted out. Um, he was undrafted for a reason, you know? Mm-hmm. I know that it's great to see him have a great Super Bowl, great playoff run, but in reality, he had under 500 yards for a whole season. Mm-hmm. I mean, let that sink in. You, I mean, does, do you guys at home want to do the math? Or you want me to do it for you here? I mean, 500 yards divided by 16 games, that's 31.25 yards a game. Yeah, that's not a You know, I mean, let's (laughs) – I mean, seriously, just because he did well in the Super Bowl doesn't mean that he's, you know, the best running back out there. You know who else did well in the Super Bowl? Nick Foles. Nick Foles just got cut or shipped to Chicago. You know, yeah. So let's all let's all just relax here, saying that you know the Chiefs are dead here, and that's such a big loss. You know, they drafted a, a running back for a reason, and he's not even a top ten player on the team. So let's let's just relax. It's all gonna be okay. Hey man, I, I feel more comforted now that you just said that. So thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> do you uh, you have a second story for us? Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, I'm. Um, Assuming that all of our fans are seeing the uh, the Joey Bosa contract, yes, I love it. That was I huge. love it. Great rusher, man. Great. Uh, I think he's a uh, a top top three pass rusher in the league. I, was about to um, say I would I would give him a top five pass or uh, top five defensive player overall. Yeah, in the league, and um, just inherently, this makes me think of you know who, Miles Garrett. Oh God. Yeah. So although his contract is only ten million more than Garrett, I'm glad that he now has the distinction of being the highest played defensive or highest paid defensive player um, in NFL history. I don't mind Miles Garrett. I'm not trying to you know diss on the fact that he isn't a great isn't a great football player. I think he is a great football player, but there's no doubt that Joey Bosa is more valuable and more, I don't know, let's say mature than uh, than than Miles um, Garrett. So people think that, that that Mason Rudolph incident is an isolated incident. Does anyone else remember when Miles when Garrett actually close-fisted, punched Delaney Walker? <laughs> no, one, no one else remembers that? Or when he actually got kicked out of the game on two roughing the passer penalties? And not only two roughing the passer penalties, two brutal unnecessary hits against Trevor Simeon. Just blatant. Kicked out of the game. Yeah. Like, this is a pattern, you know? And the fact that Joey Bosa is ahead of him makes me personally feel good. (laughs) I don't, I mean, take it as you want. I think equally, they're equally skilled on the field. Um, Personally, I think that Joey Bosa is going to be a better football player just because he seems more driven, more focused. Um, and he was better at a younger age. He was better right off the rip. Um, so I think that he is going to be eventually um, – you're going to see a more defined distinction between the two. Mm-hmm. But I'm just – I'm very happy that he got more money um, and is now the the highest-paid defensive player in NFL history. Yep. Well, that Congratulations is, to him. That's awesome. Yep, congrats. That's a big, big, uh, big payday. But, um, Absolutely. Yeah. Moving in here, I have a news story for us. Uh, just wanted to touch on real quick. The U.S. Open 
no fans. Um, so now that's moved into to golf too. Um, you know, you usually get some large crowds for the U S open. So I think it's the smart thing to do, um, to go no fans, no argument on, uh, on this. Yeah. Uh, I, I just, I think it's, yeah, like you said, I think it's the smart thing to do. Mm-hmm. And I think that, um, that that's where honestly golf, does anyone really care about the fans? Yeah, I know. It's, know, like, it's, it's usually like pretty silent. I mean, yeah, if you watch golf, does it matter if it's a packed house or if there's three people there? I mean, seriously, does it matter? No, I don't think so. So, like, I don't know. I mean, I was going to talk about how that Peyton, that Peyton Manning and Tom Brady um, exhibition golf game. Yeah, that was by far the most interesting eighteen holes of golf I've ever watched. Yeah, I think so. There and was I, no fans. And there just, was no fans. Just to kind of go off on that a little bit, I um, I think what that did uh, for the PGA is, I think it was big. I think they learned a lot from it. Now, I agree. I don't think that we have ever seen um, Tom Brady's personality. Like we all knew that Peyton Manning had a personality, but Tom Brady under Belichick was so he was so like he was micromanaged. Is a word absolutely. He was he was very buttoned up and yeah. and uh, and controlled. Yeah. So I think this gave us a a side of him that we haven't seen. And a, what I really liked about it was they were in golf carts, and yeah. a, a lot of the uh, a lot of the funny moments, a lot of the um, you know just moments that really showed that these guys are are human came in the golf carts. And I think what the PGA should do is they should think about putting their golfers in carts. Because I think I was, it gives, yeah. oh, with a little uh, little GoPro there on the dash, uh, you know, looking up at, the, up at the golfers, I think it added a, a new touch to it, and I think golf needs to move in a different direction. I, so I'm so glad that you said that. Yeah. The thing is, like, okay, are we done? Are we are we about done with with caddies? Yeah, come what, on. Seriously, man. what is the job of a caddy? <laughs> I mean, let's be real here. Does Tiger Woods really need? A, a father of four who golfs once every week to give him an opinion on what club to use out of the rough. <laughs> can we can we seriously just admit that Tiger Woods knows what club to use? Yeah, I think uh, I, I just yeah. I just don't understand it. Put these guys in golf carts, make them personable, give them hot mics, give them GoPros, strap a GoPro on their hat, give one on their golf cart. Put hot mics everywhere. Hot mics everywhere. I want to hear exactly what they're saying. I want them to be um, paired up with funny people. Let's let's have some fun with it. Make yeah. golf interesting. Yeah, it's I, not. It's no secret that it's absolutely boring, and it's like watching paint dry. Mm-hmm. I think I think a lot of sports can have some takeaways from this. Look, the techno the technology we have. Uh, it's moving in a direction where you either keep up and move forward or you don't keep up and it kind of dies with you. Yeah, you get washed out. Yeah. Um, So, okay, great move, I think, there by the PGA. Um, Going no fans. I do like what they did with the whole – Yeah, I just think it's really not that much of a change, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Second story I wanted to get into, not much of a story, but just a little heads-up reminder, guys. NHL playoffs start on August First, that is three days away. Our hometown Penguins will be playing the Montreal Canadiens in Game One, and it's so be, excited. I'm gonna be excited to see how this works out. Um, I know I watched the exhibition 
the the Penguins and the uh, and the Flyers the other day. Ended up losing that one in OT, three to two. Uh, a little uh, disappointed there, but I know Crosby said um, in a he said to the media that um, you know they were it felt good to get back out on the ice and they were just trying to get their feet under them and they know that they have a big game that they're walking into on Saturday. So it's good to hear that from the captain, and uh, it will be it'll be interesting to watch. For sure, I, I I couldn't agree more. I'm just, I'm just like I said, I'm excited to see any sports back. Yeah, um, it's always good to see that you know the hometown team, especially. I like what hockey's doing. They're not beating around the bush. They're just getting to it. You know yep. what I mean? Yep. Um, NBA like not a big huge basketball or at least professional basketball guy. I love college basketball. Not a huge NBA guy. I don't mind watching the playoffs. Mm-hmm. The fact they're doing all this scrimmaging and all this. You know, oh, we're going to play eight regular season games just to seed the teams. Seriously, can we just take the eight teams from each conference and get into it? Yeah. You know, what What are we waiting for? Yep. Like, what, what? what's the holdup? Yeah. I don't, I don't I know. I just don't understand it. Hockey, I love it. They're getting right into it. Mm-hmm. They said, hey, when we restart, it's playoffs. One scrimmage, playoffs. It is what it is. Who cares if level play is decreased? Get into it. Let's have some fun. Skate around, you know. Let's let's get to to what the fans want to see. Absolutely agree. And what the fans want to see on this podcast is our trivia segment. And here we go. <laughs> All right. So, if you guys don't know, or if you're a new listener, um, first of all, welcome. We appreciate you listening. But so, my myself and uh, and Tim, we've been friends for a long time. And uh, you know, just to remind you. This kid is absolutely annoying with some of the facts that he just anno- just just knows. Okay, it just it utter it just gets to me like like nothing else. You know, yeah, book one stands out to me. Yeah, we'll be sit- <laughs> we'll be sitting around talking about something, or for example, throwing the football around and just out there talking about Ian Book and Notre Dame, and you know, just out of the blue, bring up, hey, you know, I wonder where uh, wonder what state he was from, and just a one in fifty shot. This dude just pulls it out and goes, oh, probably. Uh, in California. Look it up, El Dorado Hills, California. So just to kind of highlight this kid's uh, trivia knowledge, we've created a segment called Tim's Trivia. So first time went 25%, one for four. Second yeah, not time, good, but... Second time went 75, second 75% the second time. So we're, we're sitting pretty at 50. We're going to try to get above 500 here. Right. I have four more questions. Um, obviously... This time, our fans have we have they should have no speculations about cheating in this one because uh, you're like 400 miles away from me right now. Very Probably far not. away, and um, you know, hopefully, fans trust me here. I'm not looking these up. Um, I will try to answer within you know 15, 20 seconds if that helps. You know, because you know it's tough to look up an answer, especially if it's a uh, you know deep deep statistical you know question. Yep. Um, so we have to look it up in 20 seconds. So I will try to answer within 20 seconds if that helps. Um, but yeah, let's, let's hit it. All right. First up. So baseball's back. Uh, and I want to know who was the AL Cy Young winner in 2012 AL Cy Young winner in 2012. You have three options. A Felix Hernandez, who's with Seattle B David Price, who's with Tampa Bay. Or C, Justin Verlander in Detroit. Ooh, okay, so we have 
Justin Verlander. Yep. Felix Hernandez. Mm-hmm. Who was the other one? Uh, David Price. David Price. 2012 Cy Young Award winner. Who was it? Oh, I think I have about 10 more seconds. It's not Felix. Okay. Oh, I remember playing. I remember playing 2K12 baseball. David Price. I'm going to David Price. That's correct. You're one for one. Oof. All right. For just for our, uh, you know, people who want to know, Felix Hernandez won it in 2010, and Justin Verlander in 2011. So, uh, very, very close there. But nice job on David Price. Now moving in. I like that you know that. Let's see if you know this. Who was the NL Cy Young winner that year, 2012? Question number two. Who was the NL Cy Young winner in 2012? Your options are options? Okay. A, Clayton Kershaw with the Dodgers. B, Johnny Cueto with the Cincinnati Reds. Or C, R.A. Dickey with the New York Mets. I feel like Kershaw was kind of just coming into his own at the time, so I'm going to rule him out. All right, Dickie, the knuckleballer, <laughs> throws a wrench into it because generally I, I don't believe in knuckleballing as a as a thing. Um, Tony Cueto, 2012, he was really good in 2013 against the uh, the Pirates. Mm, I'm going against my gut here and go Ari Dickey. You're correct. Ari Dickey, Cy Young oh, winner. Let's go. He's two for two, guys. This is the hottest start we've ever <laughs> I'm been I'm very after. shocked. I'm very surprised because <laughs> if I went with my gut, Ari Dickey was choice number three. I mean, he was option number three if I would have won my gut there. But well, he, I just – He won he in was, 2012. He was outstanding with the Mets that year. Is yeah. that correct, Mets? Yep, the Mets. Um so what you said about Clayton Kershaw, though, a little false because he won it in 2011. Really? And 13 and 14. Uh, 2012 was the <laughs> only year he missed, actually. No, well, here. But you got it yeah, right. Sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. That's what, Okay. <laughs> All right. So you're two for two. And now we're going to transition into football for the third question and fourth question. All right. Football is usually statistically I'm better at that, so I'm, I'm interested. Well, I hope you got these because uh, we're going to talk about recently drafted Joe Burrow. Um, okay. I want to know, okay, his national championship season, 2019. Okay. What was his completion percentage? A, 76%. B, 70%. Or C, 68%. Um, 68 sounds too low. He statistically had the best year uh, of a college quarterback pretty much ever. Okay. So you're between seven sounds you're very between, high though. You're between 76 and 70. 76 sounds too high. Oh, but in my head, I'm thinking, you know what? He had a really, really good year. So 76 might be correct. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go 76. I'm going to go with my God, 76. Three for three. Oh, Correct. I was so close to doing 70, <laughs> to, going to to answering 70. Just 76 is unheard of. Yep, exactly. That's almost 80%. It was exactly 76.3% in 2019 for Joe Burrow. See, I am very shocked that because I'm actually on the train that is 
I mean, I guess you could say quote unquote against Joe Burrow. Mm-hmm. I just think I, I think he's super talented. I just really think he's got a lot to overcome. Yeah. And I think um that he's only popped for one year, you know? Right. We I need, mean we need more. There's a reason he had to transfer from Ohio State. I mean he got beat out by JT Barrett, people. Yeah. Um, and uh his career numbers in in Ohio State and LSU combined, he was a sixty nine percent uh completion percentage. Um Yeah. So I mean I mean decent, absolutely decent, but if you actually look at it, he didn't play his first, you know, three years. Right. So, um, but anyway, we'll get, get on to number four here. Last question, and we're going to be comparing rookies now because we're going to talk okay. about Tua. And All right. I want to know his 2019 completion percentage from you. Either A, 64%, B, 71%, or C, 75%. What was his? I'm ruling out 75 now. Okay. Because I know that he was injured on and off, um, dealt with nagging injuries, and his year just just statistically wasn't as good as we're um, as his the year prior and as we were expecting from Tua. Okay. 64. percent I'm locking in. Final answer. 64. percent Yep. And you went. 75% because it was 71% completion percentage. So three out of four, not bad, but you were so close to uh, to going for gold, as Madden would say. Um, I was very close. I mean, so what? I was three for four last week. I'm three for four this week, so we got six for eight there. And, you and then we had one, one for, for four, four the previous week, so yep. we're at, what, seven for 12? Yes, sir. That ain't bad at all. We're hitting above 500 people. There you go. And you love to see it. <laughs> um, love to see it. So that just about does it for Wednesday's episode. It is Wednesday, right? Yep, it's Wednesday, the 29th. And uh, we'll be back with on, uh, yeah, we'll be back with our episode on Friday and a possible special on Saturday. So, Tim, thanks for calling in, man. Absolutely. Thank you guys very much for listening. Lee, thanks for uh Taking the time to call me in, you know, I'm, I'm excited to still be able to be able to talk, even though I'm on vacation. Um, so to make time and always, there's always time for sports, people. Always time for sports. Absolutely, but go get some more sun, my guy, and get out in the ocean. Enjoy it, because you will be back in rainy, cloudy Pittsburgh in no time. So, <laughs> thank you for listening to this Wednesday episode of the Issue. Thank you. <laughs>